Hi, and welcome to episode eight of the Silicon Reef Work Happy podcast. In previous episodes, we've been fortunate enough to have been joined by a number of great speakers from well-recognized brands. And today is another fantastic guest, Lauren Tiller from the telecoms giant BT. In this episode, we discuss how BT's digital transformation to Microsoft 365 was expedited over the last 18 months and how Lauren and the team have managed that transformation through building a digital workplace champions network. We'll hear how Lauren's perspective about returning to the office looks like in BT and what work happy means for her. I hope you enjoy this episode and I'd love to hear your comments and feedback through any reviews. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Work Happy podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Tiller from BT. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Please, can you introduce yourself and what you do at BT? Sure, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, Hello to everyone listening. I'm grateful to be here. My name's Lauren Tiller. I joined BT as an apprentice about nine years ago and I've had various different roles since, but I currently lead um, internal communications and engagement for the digital workplace team and its internal services at BT. The role is really about working with the techies to deliver new and innovative tools for people to get the job done, um, particularly in faster and smarter ways. And if we can do that, then we can help our people make a difference to BT's customers. Awesome. And can you just tell us about the, the size of the audience that you have in BT and what that makeup looks like from field workers to office-based workers or non-office-based perhaps nowadays? Yeah, so our team works primarily with internal employees as our customers, so it's quite a unique team. And that does include everyone from regular information workers, um, frontline staff, call centre employees, and most recently as well, the partners that sit in other companies that BT works with. BT is so big and it's a real mix of people. So we definitely have to tailor everything we do to land well in each of those communities. All of those people together provide technology and services to keep people, or to air quotes, help people be there. So our team's aim is to transform that experience with um, world-class services. And I think BT is well on its way to doing that with its recent technology changes. So so BT is an organization that we all kind of recognize for keeping people connected. And all of your engineers have been out there making sure that we, the public, are connected from home over the last 18 months. So you and your transformation role and what you've been working on with the rollout of 365. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing over the last, I guess, three years is is the longer term journey when you started on this program? Um, In particular, kind of focusing on what that journey has looked like for you over the last 18 months, perhaps, and how it's maybe sped up from what you're expecting. Yeah, so I think BT's had a history in the past of bringing in a new technology or working on something new. And then this is only from a technology point of view, I think. They'll bring in something new and then they'll open the shutters and then they'll push out the change and then they'll just shut the shutters really quickly and they won't do any engagement on it. And the the director at the time had made this big commitment to using Microsoft 365 tools. And um, he wanted to create a role that was primarily based on engagement. So really wanted to, you know, if we were making this huge commitment and spending all this money on people, he wanted to make sure that we had someone or he wanted to invest in in the right role to help that be a success. So I started doing that three years ago and that was, you know, there was sort of like no real rush. And then coronavirus happened and suddenly 
I mean, we were already in the middle of a move from Skype to Teams anyway. But um, yeah, that definitely accelerated the need for the people to have those collaborative tools. So you were, you were moving from Slack to Teams? Uh, Skype, sorry. Skype. Oh, Skype. Sorry, I thought, you said, I thought it was Slack. I was going to say, I, I, I always kind of think that Slack is a, a product that people in small, well, I guess not necessarily small, but more kind of creative agencies use and things like that as opposed to... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so Skype. Yeah, no, I absolutely understand the move from Skype. And you mentioned about your... You think it was like a, it was going to be a longer term journey at the start of that when you joined in that like kind of three years ago now. Did you have an idea about the timeline it was expected to take for the rollout of three six five to the audience? Was it a two year program, a three year program? What was the kind of planned trajectory of that? The timeline. I think we would have said it was a two year program, but like I said, BT is so big and it's so, it, it can sometimes be quite a convoluted place in terms of its technology because it's had to, you know, it's like a, a mansion that keeps adding a left wing and a, and, a, and a right wing and a conservatory and all of that stuff. So I think um, when we did introduce the Office 365 tools, especially at the start of coronavirus, they had to do some work on the network to make sure that we could manage the bandwidth for those applications, for everyone to be using those applications remotely. So yeah, it was a it was supposed to be I think a two year program, but the the goalposts were moved further and further away, so that we could do things. It wasn't a bad thing. We just wanted to do things right rather than rush everything out and then have to double back on ourselves. But then when coronavirus happened, I think we were probably just about in a good enough position to to really accelerate on it. And thank God we we were, <laughs> because had we not been, it would have been um, much more difficult to engage people. So, so some of those things that you may have accelerated, what were those things that you thought, yeah, we can really put our foot down here and get going quickly in this area? And what, what were those things like and what were the maybe tools that you used to help you accelerate that journey? So, um, for example, with the Skype to Teams move, it's been a phased rollout for everyone across the business so that the project team can manage it properly. But... I think from my point of view, that didn't mean that people couldn't get going with it straight away and get the value of it out of out of Teams. I mean, Skype can only do so much, but unfortunately, Skype is heavily relied on and it's very trusted, whereas Teams is, you know, new and scary and some people don't like it and some people really take to it straight away. So I think to get things going before we started using all the new technology, we had to rely on the really traditional methods of communication at BT. So I don't think we had a social platform in place at that point. We had Yammer, but it wasn't heavily used and we just switched to Workplace by Facebook. So at the time we were using, you know, all of the, shall we say, boring methods of communication, like the email newsletters and roundups and, and SharePoint stories and things like that. And then once people started using the new technologies and especially using social, I felt like it was a snowball it just the the engagement with any sort of post or any new feature that we put out just sped up really quickly so that was a good thing it makes makes your job easier and that that shift away from perhaps those traditional things of like email campaigns and simple newsletters and things um what did you put into place so that was perhaps more uh, engaging maybe in the in the new world did you do things like live events using teams or uh, more video recordings using stream? What were the sort of things that you put in place to to really start engaging that audience in a different way? So yeah, we definitely use Teams live events um, at BT and we've 
also been using uh, workplace live events as well. Those are heavily used by the, the executives. I think we just try to avoid as much written communication as possible, but still have it there in the background. So we created um, a home of sorts, like a digital workplace site, where it would have everything that anyone could possibly need to know about the software and the hardware that we were delivering at BT. And then have all of the information on there if people want to go and view the detail. But when it came to actually getting the information in front of people's noses, I think it was more about video and um, infographics and anything that basically would catch an eye rather than it would be a fight. You'd have to say, it. oh, this is a six-minute read, this is a four-minute read, because I just don't think that people are already reading email and documents all day anyway. They don't want to look at it, in my opinion, anyway. So definitely the more visual stuff. Yeah. And um, in throughout this podcast, we've spoken to many other internal communications and also change management professionals as well. And video has become the new, really popular platform for engagement. And when I, th- when I think back to maybe three years ago, it was always something that people really found relu- they were very reluctant to get themselves on camera, get themselves on video and engage with people and maybe tell stories over video. Do you think that that has now changed for good and that people are more you know, open to getting themselves on camera? And secondly, do you think that you'll start to see more user-generated content from employees putting themselves on video and telling stories? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, so I, on, on the first point, I think people, while they may not have been forthcoming with their video to start with there's some sort of haven't had a choice in the last year or so and I think once people started using that um even myself I, I saw the benefit in it I, I felt more connected to people by actually seeing their faces when I was talking to them and you know reacting from their facial expressions so little stuff like that so I don't think it's going anywhere I think what for example BT is is not going to be favoring homeworking for much longer anyway they are committed to the offices that they've built so I don't know how it will last at BT I think it'll be less than other companies but it, particularly in terms of learning content and rolling out of you know new features for our team specifically video is definitely not going anywhere and there are a few people at BT who some of our digital workplace champions so the people that we you know, give early access to and they give us feedback and they're really helpful. They are so involved and, and so engaged that they create their own content and they really enjoy it. And um, I think in some cases it's received better because it's almost like a peer-to-peer thing and people can be more receptive of a, a friend or a colleague teaching something than they can be, you know, a mandatory learning system. So, yeah, I've definitely seen cases of that at BT already and it's gone down really well. So, I guess I I can't see it going any other way. And you mentioned a couple of things there that I'd love to pick up on. Um, I'll come to the return to the office thing a bit later on. But um, you mentioned about how you've got champions or advocates uh, as a a, a method of driving adoption, driving engagement. And I think the bit that you mentioned around how actually it helps people relate to the stories and they actually say, oh, if that person's doing it, I can really, I know that person. They're not some external person, some external trainer, perhaps. I know that person. I've had lunch with them perhaps in the cafeteria Mm -hmm. and you can really relate to their story. Can you tell us a little bit about how BT have used those advocates and champions and 
like you said, the early adopters, but what more are those advocates and champions doing in the business? And then secondly, what impact have you think that's had on how fast you've been able to adopt the new technology? So they are immensely useful for many reasons. First of all, I think the the reason that it came about is because we really wanted a group of people that we could bounce ideas off, that we could get feedback from, and that would actually tell us whatever it was we were delivering, is it good or is it rubbish? Um, And does it need work? And just to really give us the honest truths. And um, I think, like I said, in order to give a little to get a little, we always give them early access to stuff. And that includes new features. And they really help us fine tune what it is that we're delivering and make it land right with the communities that we want to. So we've got the group is about, I think, five to 600 strong across BT in all different areas. So I feel like any whatever it is we're delivering, if it's a security tool or if it's a, um, an internal communications tool, we've got those people to give sort of specialised feedback on. And how have, you, how have you broken that up? Have you, have you done like champions for, are they the overall digital champions and they will help you drive adoption in Teams, in you know, uh, Facebook, yeah, in Facebook Workplace, in all OneDrive, everything? Or have you broken them up into segment and you have some Teams champions, some SharePoint champions, some Yammer or Facebook champions? How, how have you broken that up? Or are they just digital champions? They are. They are just digital workplace champions. But um, the whole thing was voluntary from the start. And um, and we do have a really good mix of people. But when it comes to launching, let's say for the, for the Skype to Teams campaign, we went to those digital workplace champions and said, look, we're not going to you know, keep bothering all of you. Let's get a subset of you who have got the time right now to really put an extra focus on helping us get this right. And we're grateful for them. Like they're so engaged and more often than not, we're oversubscribed, um, which is really useful. But yeah, it can be anything from Skype Teams to full Microsoft Forms or Workplace by Facebook. I guess they don't mind that because that comes from their love of technology. And that was one of the things that we said we wanted from a digital workplace champion at the start is just a profound interest in all things that are new and upcoming and cutting edge. How did you recruit them? Like, was it a survey? Was it a workshop? Was it an online event? How did you go about that champion recruitment process? So we used, how did we? That was a long time ago. We used a lot of the regular channels. At the time when we started, we didn't have the newer teams and workplace for Facebook. So it was the usual channels. But we had an idea of how many we wanted in each unit. So BT is split up into five or six units, depending on whether you include OpenReach. Yeah, we basically just said, like, this is what we're after and this is what you're going to get. And um, and I didn't really think that we'd get that many people back. Um, I thought, you know, people's jobs were just busy enough and I might have to really push for it. But I didn't. People just, like, jumped on it straight away, particularly people in the global division as well, well global unit, I should say, as well. We didn't have to struggle to get... Um, I guess, be on the ground in different countries. Because that was the other thing as well. It, it's much easier to talk to someone um, in your native language when, when it comes to things like technical problems um, or technical advice. It's just too hard to translate from one language to another, I think, in most cases. So we definitely wanted a good spread of people around the world. And, and luckily, we got it. And maybe in a slightly different form in terms of advocacy and growing champions how has the bt leadership team 
been involved and like maybe like a C-suite down or, or a layer below, how much have they led by example? In terms of using the new tools or, or championing? Both really. And because um, I, I, I think, well, did you have any of the C-suite or any of the leadership team involved in the Champions Network, but also in the shift to the majority of remote working, how much were they telling a story perhaps on a video that, you know, they're, they're one of the people they're, they're, they're in there, the same as the rest of the employees and getting used to teams, getting more involved in Facebook workplace, perhaps how, how much did they influence what the transition and adoption look like? So I think we knew that we had to rely on them for, for some top down adoption. So we, anticipated maybe a little bit of pushback a couple of them were involved in the digital workplace community just out of their love of technology and you know wanting all this good stuff straight away um which is great but um in terms of using the new stuff first and trying to push it on their own people and leading by example we did have to deliver some like quite specific training first of all just to teach them how to use the basics because it's, it's not really like they have the time to go and click around and and find out for themselves what it is they need they're very busy people obviously so yeah we had to give specific use cases and and training to really show them how to use it including their business support community as well and then after that I think we would create content for them to use on their all hands calls so I guess advertising might be the wrong word but maybe marketing is better. I don't know, basically content to promote what is the benefits were. Um, and, and we tried to encourage that that was on most of their monthly, if not quarterly, all hands. And I, I'm talking about teams specifically there, but I think with Workplace by Facebook, I was really impressed at the, the jump that they made with that. I, I don't think there was a real struggle I think there just needed to be some boundaries set for how and when they should communicate and how often and what it should be about. I didn't, I mean that in terms of it shouldn't, doesn't all just have to be about work. It is a social platform. So allow yourself to be social on it. But yeah, they, I think the, you know, BT's leadership team are really, really, really social when it comes to that. And thinking about culture, and that was one of the things that I think you've been working on a lot on in terms of engaging people, telling stories and the, the adoption um, drive. How has the technology of Teams and the video, maybe using Stream and Teams Live events, but also Facebook Workplace, how's that driven the culture and really kept it alive over the last 18 months while everybody's been away from the office? So two things I think have changed about BT's culture. I think one is, um, like you said, staying connected has been much, much easier with the, with the use of, of Workplace by Facebook. And people have been using it for all manner of things, whether that's sharing photos of pets or whether it's actually talking about work, shouting about their own successes. One thing that I really, really loved during coronavirus, COVID, or was this, this guy or colleague called Roy at BT. He, um, set up his own radio show so every week he would do <laughs> it was so much fun every week he he still does actually um has his own equipment and he live streams his own radio set and he takes requests and he gives shout outs and it's basically from four to five on a friday it's like a kind of drive home thing 
And I thought that was such a lovely way to reach out to colleagues that you've never met and try and make them a bit, maybe feel a bit more inclusive and feel a bit happier at work. And that's that's still going strong. And I, I think that's just an example of how BT colleagues have really come together. In terms of teams, I think the other thing is, that has changed is I feel like people have become a little bit more trusting of new tools because um, the Microsoft ones have been so intuitive and easy to use from the start and more often than not, nothing goes wrong. And I think people probably were a bit sceptical that Teams was actually going to improve what they were doing. You know, email is email. It's worked for however many years. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I guess I guess that we just didn't realize email was broken. Like we needed new ways to collaborate and come together. And um, I think people have been surprised by how speedily they can get things done and how easy it is to just include people and everyone has the visibility that they need to jump in here and there. So, yeah, I would say definitely a few things have changed at BT since in the last three years for the better. I love that story about Roy. I bet he's like the new workplace legend that everybody was like, never heard of this guy Roy before, but yeah, do you remember Roy? Oh, Roy must be like, you know, everyone's best guy now on um, on a Friday yeah, afternoon, afternoon, drive time with Roy. I can imagine Yeah, that. he gave me a shout out once. I felt quite excited, but we were in lockdown. Oh, see, so. how, how cool is that for, for like driving, you know, engagement and adoption and but also making it fun, right? It, mm. It's not always having to be serious about you should use these new tools to enable new ways of working. Roy's made it fun. Roy's made it like an, another level of satisfaction and culture driving and culture building. And yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's nothing to do with work and it's nothing to do with coronavirus. And I think at the time that was what everyone needed because everyone was so busy. So, And you mentioned about how moving away from email and maybe people using Teams more to be collaborative in your role in driving, you know, adoption of the new tools and new ways of working, are you looking at measurements and statistics about how that's changing and maybe perhaps how people are communicating? And what has that trend been like in the last two years or so? Yeah, so all of the tools that we rolled out at BT, we worked with the Digital Workplace Champions first, but thereafter... We now rely heavily on user by user data, um, about as granular as it gets. And we try and group that together to get the best insights. And that helps us work out which communities are completing certain actions and which aren't um, adopting certain apps. And then we take, we try to take a really personal approach with each of those communities. And if they're big enough, then we do some proper comms. If it's small enough, then we, why not reach straight out to the senior management of that team and say, what is it that you, your team aren't liking about this product and how can we help them understand that it does do this or that it won't do that and this is what they should be using instead? Just asking the right questions. And I think they really appreciate that personal approach. And um, we get a lot of feedback as well on, on the products through a Office 365 group and workplace. And I think it's just those personal touches that, have helped adoption but monthly yeah it is it is relied heavily on on the data and it, i think i think from that data after a while it, it just became quickly clear that anything that we were rolling out it needed to be backed up by a ton of different options for the way that people learn and take things in and not only to have all of those things but to have all of those things on all of the channels um because there are some communities at bt who just will not change the way that they do things 
and that's fine because the channels aren't going anywhere. We just have to make sure that we're hitting all of the different pockets of people at once, which is a lot of work. And would it be fair to say that that evolution that you've gone on maybe during that time of looking at the data, analysing, you know, the different pockets that you talked about, has that helped you create a channel mix and maybe a different kind of blend of how you reach out to the different pockets and have you taken on board like you know how one team might not necessarily like the video engagement but they really like using Facebook workplace for a group to have conversations how have you adapted that based on the data and again do you think that's something that you're always going to carry forward into future maybe rollouts and how you mix up the channels we'll always use data going forward to help us work out if what we've done has landed right I think there are there were a few things that we decided weren't worth the effort in doing anymore. So, for example, um, the the workplace group, we very much started as a group of, I think it was me, and it was like maybe five or six other techies and um, some of the senior management in my team. We managed that group and we answered the questions that people were asking and gave advice and tried to make sure that every single post was managed. It became so popular, which is great, that we just can't, however many of us there are we just can't keep up with the amount of content on there anymore but we think that luckily because we've you know been putting out the right answers there for so long and we do have those digital workplace champions in place it's become a self-help group now so we actually rarely get involved um which has been really useful because it's just it's almost like a full-time job managing it but that, that that's that's the dream, right? Isn't that the dream of every kind of yeah. change management champion? It's like you set the group, you build the foundation, people adopt it, people start to help each other and they grow that yeah. and it organically and then you basically fade away into the background and <laughs> off you go and then the, they keep it going themselves. Yeah, exactly. That's That was really what we wanted in the first place. We just didn't know how long it would take to get there um, or how long it would take to drill the information into people. But I find... I mean, personally, I find I see the same people taking the time, not even digital workplace champions, just the same people taking the time out of their day because they like helping others. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a bonus for them to have, for them to be involved and for us to take that step back so we can focus on doing other things rather than just monitoring a group. So, yeah, that was, that was one of the channels that has evolved as we've gone on. Do you guys do anything to recognize those champions as like, it sounds like they're like becoming influencers, really, like internal influencers, and they're helping make the change happen. Does BT do anything to reward or incentivize people to become champions? So we've always said that we would give them early access to everything that we're doing. Usually we just work in the digital workplace team and we test things ourselves. So me and the techies and the senior management, we we keep that quite tight knit. But then as this digital workplace champion community grew, we just knew that we needed to give that, extend that courtesy, basically. I think, and I think they're really grateful for that. But otherwise, we do put some extra focus on creating learning opportunities for them, um, given that they're so interested in technology and want to be at the at the forefront of all the new stuff. We do try and create like those learning opportunities. Now that you've said it, though, I feel like we could do more. I'm going to have to try and get some budget for that, <laughs> which is going to be tough. Yeah. And in other organizations where I've seen things work well, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, here's an iPad. Congratulations, you're an influencer. Nice? I've just seen things like 
yeah, that would be nice, right? But uh, but things just as simple as like getting a, a workplace champions badge in their in their email signature, and just being recognised as something like you have different badges. Maybe there's to go back to the point earlier, like if you did things like I'm a teams champion, I'm a workplace champion, or a workplace Facebook workplace champion, or something like that that you can actually just bring in to give them that sense of recognition. But it also says to their other colleagues around them, like, oh, that person's got a badge. I, I want to be one of those people. How do I get involved in that? How can I learn more? And what does my development path look like to be able to be one of those people as well? It's definitely something that we've played around with so far. I think um, we're slightly limited at the moment by certain SharePoint features. But I did notice the other day that because I manage a few groups on Workplace or I've, I've been an admin just to help people set their groups up, that I've got a workplace badge that's like a community builder, which actually I got it. And I was like, that's really nice. I feel I feel quite nice about that, even though I don't manage all of them. Yeah. So I think workplace and, and other companies are definitely on the right track with things like that. It doesn't have to be, here's a coaster and here's a pen because we've got all of that stuff and we're at home now. Yeah, so got the, got the T-shirt. Yeah. Yes, got the T-shirt. So I, I think you're right. It is make it, if we're talking about digital, then just make it digital. Yeah. It's not going to go unrecognized. And you mentioned SharePoint. So is the BT intranet based on SharePoint? Yes. Yeah. How important has that been as a platform for you to communicate with people? Um, But also maybe like, I know you're in the IT or digital division and maybe not influencing what goes on the homepage, but how important it has been maybe for you as an employee, but also for sharing change updates and change information around the 365 rollout? How pivotal has the internet been to do that? Um, very. So it's the chef, the internet is, is heavily used in BT. It's the home of everything. Um, it's really, you know, the heart of every, everything that everyone does. Whatever's successful, it gets posted on that. Change is, is communicated through there. So it's, it's where people go to get all of their information which is why it, even though it's uh, considered a traditional channel or maybe an older way, it's still very much, I think, critical to the way that we do things at BT. When it's, when it's come to like the digital changes, like the stuff that I'm doing, we do definitely take advantage of that. Um, but we have to be careful because it's a pan BT community. So for example, with the Skype to Teams campaign, that was a very phased rollout, as I said. So we had to be really really particular about the timings of when we would post that because otherwise you're just going to get a load of comments back like why am I not getting this and why am I not getting this because it's a good change like people want it but we have to be quite private I guess about the stuff that we're doing until we're fully fully ready and like committed to launching the product but in terms of everything else it's extremely vital to the way BT operates I think. And your digital workplace Share, was it a SharePoint site that you created just like a yeah. a place where you would share the information and have you seen that like you know obviously take a huge rise and just tell us a little bit about the structure of that digital workplace site and what kind of content that you share on it so we've been through quite a few iterations of that right now and I've been a part of every one of them so I feel like that's kind of like my baby at BT but it's it started off as a very basic like tile system where you know this this task for this and this is where you find more information about that and then we actually got involved with a user experience team who gave us some great insights on 
what was and wasn't working about it. And we've been through a few iterations, uh, sorry, a couple iterations since then. And what we've landed with is a SharePoint online site that's heavily focused on imagery um, and puts all of the most important things up front, starting with what is the digital workplace and what is Office 365. And then it will go on to the latest stuff like 365 access from anywhere on any PC. That's a new feature that we've just launched or Workplace by Facebook or sync your mobile device so that you can access the stuff from home. So it will be all the important things. The way that we've customized that is to use the banner at the top to create almost like a gamification feature where um, we want people to do six things at BT. So that's have Office 365, be active on Workplace, sync a personal device, be on Windows 10, and a couple of other things. And if they do one of those things, or if they do a few of those things, then they're a digital dabbler. And if they do all of those things, then they're a digital don. And then those dons will be put into a monthly raffle and, you know, they're in the chance, in with a chance of winning something. Um, so that's something that we're working on at the moment, just to keep people engaged with the tools that they're using, you know, and, and see how we get on with that. Below that, it's, it's really, below all of those important things, it's really the tile, um, the tiles that in order of how they've been released, delve into information about each one like i said earlier it's all the written content on there but it's whether people are interested in it enough in it to click on it and go and find it so we put everything on there from training to faqs links to workplace groups tips and tricks all, all kinds of different stuff anything that we think would be useful and that is relevant to what it is we're delivering it goes on there and something that i think other organizations might be perhaps learning or struggling with is thinking about if you're not using Yammer and you're using another tool like Facebook Workplace, for example, how do those two things work from it? And again, you mentioned user experience earlier on and how you've got that user experience group involved. Do you think it's a seamless transition between working in the SharePoint environment, perhaps on a digital workplace, then jumping out into Facebook and coming back again and then using Teams? How do you think that user experience is evolving? And do you think it's working well within BT to go through those different platforms? And do they feel aligned? It's a good question. I think at the time when we were making the decision to move to workplace, I definitely felt that Yammer would be more aligned. But unfortunately, I think Yammer is just a few paces behind Facebook Workplace. And Workplace really was the right move because it has the capabilities for what we need, um, you know, live events and things like that. It's just, Yama didn't have that stuff at the time for us. So I think it was definitely the right move. However, it doesn't perfectly align with the Office 365 suite. They are, you know, two completely different things at the end of the day. So it's it's not easy to pull. Like it would be easy, for example, to pull a Yama feed into your SharePoint online site and and really make the two, the two of those things marry up. Having said that, I think Workplace is a really intuitive really easy experience um, you can access it from any computer it's and you don't even need to enroll your device to access it from your mobile phone so I think it's the right decision and while and while they might not marry up completely um, I, I certainly haven't seen anyone complain about the Airbnb as of yet but it will be good when Yammer gets there yeah and I think from what you said earlier that it's being used as quite a, a social culture building place as well and people just kind of share all sorts of things not necessarily about work and yes you've got digital workplace groups on there to have conversation but also you've got all sorts of mixture of things and 
that familiar Facebook UX that people have mm-hmm. versus Yammer at the moment, who I think is still a little bit behind, like you said, in terms of that experience. Although in the last 12 months and 18 months or so with the new version of Yammer, I think it is catching up. Um, yeah, so definitely. we'll see what happens with organizations in the next two to three years, um, whether that becomes more of a heart of the workplace social with Yammer. Mm. One other thing that I think has really been important alongside culture is people's mental health and well-being. And sometimes I think that the IT division isn't necessarily at the forefront of that. But what you've said to me already about how culture is being nurtured or grown within using the IT tools of workplace and teams and um, the connections that are being made with different people through um, video what have BT been doing for their employees about maybe making sure that they're looked after from a well-being and mental health perspective? So I think BT has been good enough to always have a, quite a heavy focus on health and well-being. Um, those channels were already in place to start with. Um, and I think the activity definitely ramped up with the rise of coronavirus. I think because it was an already well-established community, they were using the older channels and um, and they definitely adopted the new ways of working, like teams and, and workplace, in order to, to reach out to the people that they needed to reach during a really difficult time. And I think the other thing that BT has done really well, and this is highly likely come from top down, is to not just make it a website and to make it a really personal approach. And um, I think all managers, it didn't matter who I spoke to, it seemed like everyone's manager at BT seemed to be having daily check-ins at one point with their entire team, you know, 15 minutes in the morning to sit down, check how everyone's feeling, has everyone got a coffee, what are we doing today kind of thing. And on top of that, doing team events at the end of a week. So a quiz and I'm sure everyone's sick of quizzes by now. <laughs> but things like that at the time, were, I think, were really well received. And yeah, I think what they've done well is, is not just to rely on the written and the video, actually just to take the time to speak to people because that's that's what's going to that's gonna work best at the end of the day, actually asking people how they are. And then you've got workplace legends like Roy, who yes. uh, are the, <laughs> you know, Radio Friday champions. I think that's that's yeah. awesome. You mentioned earlier on about the return to the office and basically it'd be BT with their main hubs. They, they want to try and get people back. Do you think that people are ready for that? Do you think it's going to be a challenge? And is there an option for the hybrid working in BT or do they want people back in the office? I think if we were speaking in general terms, homeworking won't be favoured. I don't think they're gonna. I, th- I don't think they'll be favouring that work from home approach for the future. But I think they'll be taking it on a user by user basis. So actually taking everyone's personal situation into account. I don't think it's a favourable change at BT. I think had we not been working from home for the last year, maybe it would have been an easy change. But I think people's mindsets have really changed in the last year. To you know, some people might might have thought oh, I could never work from home, but actually. They have, and they've done it really well, and they've probably had a better work-life balance for it without the commute. And I think people have gotten really used to that. And it's almost kind of expected now, anywhere you go. So particularly like if you were moving to a new company, I think hybrid working is like a a standard now. So I really don't know how that's going to play out. I think BT have, have invested heavily in the offices. They wanted to upgrade, I guess, their physical brand, and they've done it really well. 
and it will be an amazing thing for our customers um, to come and visit the new places. But yeah, I don't know how that's going to play out for everyone. It's a hard question to answer. <laughs> I've, I've been to the BT head office a couple of times in uh, in the last few years, and uh, yeah, the the main office in London and the the entrance foyer is you know the the brand you've just got the behind behind there the big brand and it really feels like it's the home of BT really. And uh, I can get why they want everybody to come back home. And uh, I was there actually while they were doing a lot of the refurbishment in the offices as well. So, yeah, pre-COVID, obviously. I miss the offices, personally. Like, I've been working from home for before corona started. And I'm definitely ready to go back at least, like, three days a week. I just think I get a different buzz from working in the office. I think a lot of people will agree. I don't think I have to force everyone to go back, but we'll see. And... You mentioned there about the flexible working and the hybrid working and how it will work for some people. Now, the title of this podcast is all about working happy. And for us, working happy can sometimes mean something different for every individual. What does working happy mean for you and how do BT help you live it? So I think I read I read a statistic somewhere that, that said more than half of us think that work is something to be endured and that stress is something to be expected and it, that should that just comes with a job and I think work happy just means the opposite of that you know a dream job isn't attainable for everybody all the time right now but I think what is attainable and I, I credit where credit's due what I think people have done really well in the last year or so is taking the time to actively care about their employees in a more more of a two, two-way street kind of way and um, and just take into account how their decisions impact, impact their employees' lives. And I think it comes down to a lot of different things. It's always a lot of different components, but it's having that work-life balance. It's not being expected to work after hours, but if you do, it's being recognized for it. And it's being able to, you know, speak on a, on a kind of like a peer basis with your manager. I think it's just all of the different aspects that make a job something that you want to get up and go to and that you're and that you feel like you've accomplished something at the end of the day. So yeah, it's I think particularly with BT, they do recognition really well. And I think people feel really rewarded. So yeah, I think just the opposite of endurance is is not endurance at all. No, I totally agree. And um that work life balance and having the the flexibility in the workplace. Um, I think for me, that's what it means to me, seeing my family, seeing my friends, being able to do things in the evenings. And I do have concerns about those companies, like you just articulated five minutes ago with a mandated coming back to the office. I think there's going to be a a mini revolution coming where people say, hold on a minute, we don't want to be doing this. We, 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 we quite like this flexible world. And um, I think companies are going to have to listen. And I think there's going to be come back, come back five days a week. You must. And then there'll be a, okay, actually, yeah, this was good. We we realized that you guys still did great work while you were at home. And I think if employers don't offer that, they're going to find themselves in a position where the employees are finding other companies, like you said, that maybe offer that flexibility and allow them to not have an enduring time at work and to enjoy enjoy it, not endure it. I don't disagree. And I think um, even if companies, let's say BT does, you know, force everybody back into the office all at once, which, you know, some people are happy with, some people are personally, I'm, I'm fine with it. But if they do, they might 
change their mind based on data in the future. You know, engagement scores are anonymous and truthful for a reason. And if, if people really are feeling that way, then the truth will out, you know, the data will tell the truth. And I'm sure that, you know, engagement really is one of the most important aspects of the company at the moment. Always has been, I think, but just definitely been recognized a lot more in the last couple of years. And um, I'm sure they'll make the right decisions. Each company will make the right decisions for themselves. But hopefully it'll be uh, with the voice of the employee in mind. That's it. It's the voice of the employee and it's using that data, the same as you said you used earlier on for the adoption of technology um, and how you're adapting, how you're communicating. It's using that information that you have readily available to to pivot and make a choice and to help people to get the best out of their working life as well. That's another thing that Work Happy for me is about is enabling people to get the best and be productive. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for, for joining us on this podcast. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to ask you any questions or want to know more about how you've done the transformation at BT? Um, yeah, please feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Um, I'm more than happy to connect with anyone and answer any questions. Um, likewise, I'm sure it would be great to connect with those people too and hear about the way that they're all doing things. So yeah, please reach out. It would be great to hear from you. Awesome. Um, actually, I did have one other question. I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, your picture at the top it's you on a camera like on TV set, it looked like. What was that about? So that that was um that was actually a competition to get like the most interesting photo and I went down to the BT they have a, a TV studio right at the at the basement. But I was actually on the sofa um on one of those days. I in the current role that I'm doing, I had to go and um use an all hands call to basically there's no one else to do it. Someone was ill that day and my director looked at me and he was like, You're up kind of thing. And um, I hated every single second of it, being in front of the camera and talking to, it just, it did not work for me. I was so embarrassed. I definitely fluffed it up to start with. And then I finally got back on track and started talking. But I was like, the recording finished and I was like, don't show me that recording. I never want to see it. (laughs) And I've still not watched it to this day, but it was, it was an experience. I guess I can say I've done it and I've got the photo to prove it. Oh, that's cool. I was going to say it's a really good photo. I, it looked it looked to me when I saw it. It looked like the red sofa on um, yes. on the BBC Breakfast News. I was like, "Wow, she's been on the BBC Breakfast News. That's awesome." <laughs> Not yet. Maybe soon. Maybe soon. Nice one. Well, thank you again so much for joining me on the Work Happy Podcast. And um, with so many organisations in the middle of their transformation to Microsoft three six five. You gave some really good examples of how one of the largest organizations in the UK is really kind of connected with people. And um, I do hope that the listeners to the podcast follow up with questions. So thanks again for joining us, Lauren. Thank you. Really appreciate you having me. So many companies have gone through that rapid transformation over the last 18 months like BT. And I hope you found the insights given by Lauren useful and they help you on your company journey if you're in the middle of it right now. Please tune in next week for episode nine with Dana Poole from Shell. Thanks a lot.